You're listening to the Lead 'em Up Podcast, powered by Chick-fil-A. Hey, thank you for hanging out with us today. I'm Adam Bradley alongside Kyle Elmendorf of Lead 'em Up. And today we're talking about leading from the middle. But let me tell you where this came from, Kyle. Recently, I was with one of my teams and there was a player that uh, is now entering into the basketball season. They're about six weeks into the season. And the coach and I were talking about this one player specifically, and he was expressing some frustration and some uh, discouragement in the sense that this player wasn't stepping up as the leader that he had hoped or that he had anticipated. And reason being is this player had just come off the football season and in the football space is absolutely one of the leaders. Right. At the top, one of the people that's going out to the coin toss every week, a clear figure and driver of the culture within that football program. And this basketball coach was anticipating this player bringing that over to the basketball team in the program, but it hasn't been playing out that way. Hmm. And coach began to just express the frustration. And, and as someone who spends time with both the basketball team and the football team, I actually agreed with his uh, observation that I even began to notice and have noticed a change. It wasn't unhealthy. It's not that this person's doing anything wrong, but just isn't at the level of leadership driving the team forward the way the same player was almost a month ago, just two months ago. And we had a big discussion about it. It really kind of opened the door to today's episode that I think there's a, a dynamic here that's playing with this player. And there were conversations that I'll, I'll share here in a moment with this player that we've kind of come to the conclusion on that is present at times with our teams. And it's something that our, our coaches, we need to acknowledge and, and recognize and address appropriately. And, and I believe there's some solutions for it also. But Kyle, when you first hear that story about a player, and let me just ask you from your coaching experience, maybe you've had moments where you've you've acquired a player from another season. They they played that fall sport. Now they're maybe making their way to winter and you watch them from a distance with that other team and they're not showing up for you the way they showed up for them. Right. You ever, you ever experienced that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of coaches out there that are listening to this that are in a similar situation as well. Matter of fact, um, you know, last week I had a a coach on a call talk about like, what is that transition going to be when basketball guys get to his baseball program? What's that going to look like? How do you navigate that? And certainly I've seen that before where someone has a certain confidence level in a sport that they previously participated in. And, and maybe it's just like this scenario where they're that guy or they're that girl for the other team. I can think of one just in general, when I was coaching girls basketball, girl was a stud softball player, one of the best in the area. And then when got to basketball, basketball she was just kind of average maybe middle of the road skill wise when it when it comes to what she was able to do on the court and when I would have those conversations with the softball coach and talking about that player's leadership and their ability to step up and lead 
you would notice the differences to where she's like, oh, I never saw that before. I didn't see or experience that. But then when I would have that individual in basketball, she showed up maybe a little bit differently. And when I think about it and what you shared with the football player, what he was going through, I think the parallels are the same. I think that your role on the team and maybe where the coach sees you as far as playing time goes, the minutes, the points, all of that, if it's any different than the other sport, maybe they're more inclined to just kind of take a back seat and be a little bit more indifferent as opposed to the other sport. But a lot of parallels there. Definitely saw it between softball and basketball in my experience coaching girls basketball. Yeah, I mean, so in this particular situation, here's the, the dynamics, because there are dynamics at play, and I think the dynamics are causing this change. In the football space, this is a starting quarterback. right? Mm-hmm. This is a lead person in a prominent position, a two-year starting quarterback, a winning starting quarterback who's had a lot of success and who would oftentimes be propped based on his position, based on his status on the team as that guy, as one of those leaders. In fact, one of the core four, you could say, not necessarily designated with the captain title per se, but anyone watching and knowing the program, certainly one of the leaders, you could call him a captain. Sure. And then he steps into the basketball space where he is not as talented. He's a good player, but he's not the player, right? He's not that prominent player. He's He's kind of in and out of the starting lineup, kind of more playing a role, that role player. And and when coach and I were having this conversation, I told him my concern, my initial concern is that this player is struggling with how to lead while not being the guy. Without being kind of teed up and positioned in such a way by the coaches, by the dynamics of his position and such that then kind of gave him this green light to lead that he then took it and ran with it. And that now he's kind of entering into the space where he's playing a role. He's not the guy. He's kind of a guy. He's kind of in between. And I'm going to tell you, there are a tremendous amount of players. In fact, there's a tremendous amount of grownups who don't quite know how to engage and respond when they're not in charge. Kind of Very in true. this middle middle road, like I mean, I, I've got family members that um, that you know have that leadership tech, you know dynamic, right? That they yeah. know how to drive in and move everything and plan everything. But if if they're not the ones hosting the party, they almost don't know what to do with themselves, mm-hmm. right? Like they don't know how to attend the party and just enjoy because they don't know how to. They're either like I need to either need to be in charge or I become like a lump on the log, not knowing what to do with myself. Right. Like they, they struggle with this balance of the two. And I believe athletes do the same. They, you know, when they're given that title of captain or when they are positioned that way, based on external factors of starting, maybe skill level, they, they all right, I'm empowered. I'm ready to do this. I'm being asked upon. But then they step into a situation where the circumstances change and they don't quite know how to wrestle with it. And I believe more often than not, coaches right are not they are not taking the time to make that and have that leadership transition conversation yes intentionally like in fact i would probably argue it probably never really happens and yeah i i agree i think what jumps out to me with that is that and i can kind of see it where i probably 
took that, you know, for granted or wasn't intentional enough with that conversation to go by, you know, the past experience moving into that new season. You just kind of think in that moment, oh, there's such a great leader over here that naturally they're going to step into this new sport and kind of assume that role or carry out that leadership at the same level without understanding how that dynamic would change for the person. Because again, they're individuals. A lot of the time we're talking about young teenagers here, early adulthood. And like you mentioned, adults struggle with it when you change a role from one to the other. So why, why wouldn't a, a young person struggle with that? And the danger is always assuming. We can't just assume that they show up one way for one sport that it's automatically going to transition to the next season. So I can for sure look back on on my early coaching years and say I felt guilty to that. Um, and I'm sure other coaches, if they really took a look at it, would say that they're probably in the same boat somewhere as well. So you need to assess the situation and, and look very closely intentionally because there are some players that will bring it and carry it over. Like they just are that person. They are that guy. They are that girl. Like that they just, they're always going to find them, find a way to the front to lead. Like that, that's just who they are. And I, but I think those are the rare, the very rare individual athletes. Okay. That kind of just everything they're involved in, they are that leader, right? And everyone just gravitates and builds around. But I think in other instances, when you see a situation, you got to spend some time and evaluate what what was bringing out the leadership of this player in the previous spot like what what was it Did, is it their dynamic overarching personality and just dna of who they are okay and if that is the case then maybe there won't be much of a transition needed okay yeah not if it's in the dna i mean that's that's who they are that's how they show up yeah right? and, and you see them in class that way and you see them at you know, and, and gym that way. And you see him watching other teams, you know, in other sports, they don't play in the spectator environment. You watch them in that space and they're that way. And like, that's just meant, but then there's a lot of times you've got players that are like, kind of, I mean, they're, they're a little bit of uh, an inconsistency with the personality. Like you see little glimpses of kind of that leadership potential from them. You see moments of it, but then other times you see moments where they're pulling back. If you take a player like that, which I'd probably say is probably the larger majority of our players, right? You see moments of these flashes of leadership and then these moments of withdrawing and this ebbs and flows of them. If there is a player like that, that you have on your team, but yet you've seen them exhibit the flashes in the past. And it's what's causing hope for the future for you with them. Sure. You have to evaluate what were the circumstances? What was the environment? What were the dynamics that were allowing that player to exhibit those flashes? Mm -hmm. And then recognize what those are and then maybe figure out how do I emulate them or how do I bring them over or how I could replicate it in our space. So if you take a situation like this player, I would say this player is more of a, I'm, I'm probably describing the second version athlete than the the first i think this player shows moments right right he's not that like super like out in front at all times he, there's moments okay right up and down up and down right very common very very normal totally good not a bad thing whatsoever in football though the entire circumstance and dynamics around everything was letting him live in those moments of bringing it out 
all the time. It, it was being exemplified. It was being uh, cultivated. It was being encouraged. It, it was just being propped up in position for him to do that. And that's why you saw so much out of it. But then you get into a different situation now and, and the circumstance is not the same. And it would just be like a coach going from head coach to an assistant coach on a different staff. Mm -hmm. right? And coaches do that, right? They're a head coach in one season, then they go and become an assistant in the other. Right. And the same drive, determination, vocalness is not the same in what you just left into your new role. You're now adapting, right? You're now trying to play co-host, co-star alongside the coach rather than the star. And it would change for you and it's going to change for them as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a great analogy of going from, because I think a lot of our coaches probably are in that situation where you're a head coach in one going to assist it in another. And it, it clearly goes back to what we teach in followership and is a great, you know, carryover is, you know, it, I would almost kind of preface that as one of the things I would discuss with the player is letting them know that they're in that moment sometimes where you don't always have to be the person that's out front leading to have an impact and, and talk about how maybe on, on this team, your role still as a leader is to lead the other leaders, right? You might not be the person anymore. Maybe you go from being the head coach to the assistant coach, but the level of impact doesn't change and it shouldn't change as a focus. How you go about that might change. It's finding kind of that lane or that medium. So for me, when I look at that with a, a lot of our players is not necessarily confusing leadership with skill on the court or on the field. That it, the leadership doesn't have anything to do with that natural talent or skill because for some, the player that I was kind of referencing, not nearly as talented in basketball as she was in softball. And that leadership took a back seat in basketball because of that. So going back now, if I was talking to my younger self, I would say, hey, you need to talk to her about how she can still impact the team. The level of leadership might not look the same as being the verbal or the one that's out front all the time or the one that's looked to, to, to bring it, but you can still have an impact and you can still lead at a high level. Here's how we're going to do it. Hey, this is Ashley from Chick-fil-A, and this is today's leadership nugget. Today we're talking about intentions. An intention by definition is an aim or plan. Intentions are much less rigid and all they require is effort, not perfection. Here are a few steps and tips to get you jump started with intentions. Number one, determine your purpose and goal. What do you wanna to reach towards being and becoming a better you? Two, begin incorporating smaller habits. Smaller habits help us not feel quite as overwhelmed to make big changes, which can be really hard to do. Crowding out is a way of putting more focus on the good choices and things you want and not having as much time, need, or want for the less effective habits as a result. Three, stay focused. Try using a habit tracker or some sort of other tracker that can help visually stimulate a sense of pride in your strides. And four, learn from others and ask for help. Identify people around you who are doing things you aspire to and ask for advice. You have the power to change your behavior and incorporate things into your life that will help you reach whatever goal you are trying to accomplish. You get to pick your attitude and your actions. 
Now, let's jump back into the episode. I love that you brought up followership because I think this plays a huge role in helping them. I think you also need to to discuss the A leader versus the leader dynamic. Mm -hmm. Okay, like that's a big one, right? You may not be the leader, but you're absolutely a leader on this team. And, And recognizing that like, just because you're not the guy the way you were in the past season or the girl, right? you still have a role to contribute from a leadership standpoint. So we can't afford you to pull back to the point where it's non-existent. Right. right? We just can't have that. Like if you're in this room, you're being asked to contribute, period. In order exactly. for us to get where we need to get to, you need to do it, period. Right. Now, what I think could be helpful from a solution oriented kind of approach is, I think there's a lot of power in letting them own a piece of something. And you take a situation where you, you inherit a player like that and they recognize that they're not the leader. They're not the person. Is there an area where you could actually make him or her that person mm-hmm. where you could actually make them the person, the leader in this. And, and, and maybe it's depending on the personality of the person, right? Maybe it's, let's say they're hype, right? Like you're going to be that person for us. And we need you to be that person. And I'm giving you permission. I'm giving you the job description. You have been hired. Whatever phrasing you want to use to kind of tap into the motivation, okay? For our coaches, they are the enthusiastic captain. That's their job, right? They're the enthusiastic captain for your team. That's what you are. And you look around teams, right? And, and they all have, and, and it, it helps them live into this role greater. Okay. We want them always to like play a role and play it to the best of their ability. Well, like even in the leadership space, we give them this leadership role. So now they have a clear understanding of what's being asked of me. Okay. I think looking in hindsight to the basketball equation, it almost feels like we, we, we wanted that player to be the leader. and. We never gave him clear instructions. We just said, like, obviously, leaders stepping up and things like that and, and talking about leader. Right. And as we didn't give him clear instructions, we probably confused him because as we say, we need you to, we need you as that leader, you know, as the leader, he probably went back to football to how he showed up there. And he realized, well, I can't do that here. I'm not that guy here. That's so and so. That's mm-hmm. this person over here. So then what do I do? And then he, then, then it's a paralysis by analysis, looking around, not knowing with the uncertainty. And then he just does nothing. That's a great point. Shame on us. Like we didn't actually clearly define the role of his leadership on this team. And we let him fend for himself and navigate the waters for himself. And he, he got lost. Right. Yeah. So, but I think you give someone something to own and it's like, Hey, you're going to be this energy guy. Hey, you're going to be this, this mentoring guy. The, the Udonis Haslam, right? right? Where you're going to be this wise, like, you know, the game, we need your senior experience, your insight. You may not be the most talented, but man, you're smart. You're so smart. I need you to get us smarter. I'm yeah. like that. And, and, and I'm going to say that to the team, not just to him. I'm going to say it to the team, right? I'm going to make it clear. This is his role from a leadership standpoint. We need your help. You see things, coach us up, lead us up, mentor us, mentor your guys, help us because you're smart. We and we trust your opinion. You're the head lifeguard for the team in that instance, right? You see everything. You're the one that's led at a high level before. So you're the one that can clearly point out to some of our other players 
who might not have gone through this before, like you experienced it before, tell us all, what do you see that we can improve on with our body language? What, what do we need to do better with our effort? You know what the championship DNA is and, and what yeah. that takes to you win. You have two rings. What do we need to do? Like, that's what we, you're the, you actually, I would phrase it like you're the secret to our success because you know the leadership component and how to bring that out and, and make us a player led team. Tell us, help us, guide us. You're that guy, you know, you might not be the star on the court, but you're the glue that holds this team together and that gets us to the next level. You know, maybe, maybe the player is a great set, has a great sense of humor. Right. Like, hey, you're going to be that one. I, I'm going to need you when you sense that we're too tight. Comic when relief. you when you sense that we're just too tight, we're not having fun. Right. Obviously, there's a balance of focus and fun. But if you sense we're, we're overextending. Right. And we're missing that. I, I'm going to need you to help center us like that. That's what and, and you over there like, man, you're so good relationally. Man, you just like you, you just had this ability to bring everyone together. Everyone likes you, right? Like you're friends with everyone. Like, that's great. Man, I'm gonna need you to keep this team together. Right. So you're the dog. Oh, you're <laughs> the dog, man. You are fiery, you are passionate. I'm gonna need you at the highest level you can make sure we don't slip in our intensity and desire and drive. Right. It's then all of a sudden, when these players begin to own it, they begin to own pieces. There's so many different layers that they can own. So many different layers they can own, right? Maybe it's a tangible, like, you're going to be our monster on the glass, rebounding from a basketball standpoint. I just want you to be a dog down there. I want you just literally nobody gets in. And, and I want you to change our entire DNA of how we rebound in practice that then will translate to the game. And I'm going to lean on you to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Um I'm going to lean on you to be the communicator on court, right? And, and I'm going to lean on you to kind of lead the charge, but also get everyone else just being more communicative because your voice is one that is loud. We hear it. We appreciate it. All these things. And, and I really believe going back to, as I've been processing this over the last couple of weeks in a real life situation, as we're alluding to, you know, I've also found myself evaluating what were some of the things that allowed that player to flourish as a leader in his previous stop. And it really kind of pointed back to what I was just sharing with the solutions. He would, he was given it. He was given the green light. He was, he was empowered to do it. And it was clearly laid out and it was laid out because of his skill level and his position of sorts, but it was given, like it was given, it was empowered. It was clearly laid out. Well, we need to give it and empower and clearly lay it out to all of our players and all of our teams to help them better lead and make transitions from one sport to the next. Mm -hmm. It's a big, big deal. Right. And, and here's where I actually think coaches do a good job on it, Kyle. Let's say you have a player that gets demoted from starter to role player. I do find coaches do a great job having that conversation in that transition. Yeah. They're very intentional with it of like what I need you to do in this next role, because you, you can't lose the player completely. So you're right. I think coaches do do a great job of laying it out. Like just because you might not start, doesn't mean you can't have the same impact. Here's how you're going to do it. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I just, I just don't think we are always as intentional on the other side of it to maybe do it on that end. 
right? It's like as point. someone's coming in from another season and, you know, and I think there's also value in speaking to the strengths of what you witnessed of these other players in other seasons. Like, Hey, I, Hey, I, I watched a couple of your games. You know, I love the way you put your arm around so-and-so like after plays and like kind of, I saw that. I saw the way you address that one player when their emotions, like those types of accountability, like are going to be so important. I just want to encourage you and invite you to do more of that within this team because it, it helped them. It's going to help us. And you're that guy for it. Right. Got you. Got you coach. That that'll be the response. Got you coach. Exactly. Got it. Right. And then all of a sudden they will do it. Okay. They will do it. And then you teach followers. The great point about that too, is that you're calling out the things that they might not even realize that they're good at leadership wise. They, they might have a, a idea in their head of I'm a great leader because I do this. Well, from that outside perspective, you know, putting an arm around someone or being the, the person that's always going and lifting someone up off of, you know, the bench and picking their spirits up after a mistake, they might just always think of themselves as the leader in that sport because they're out in front and maybe they're more verbal and people look at them. But those little nuances that are so important in relationship building and holding people accountable, they might not even think that they're good at that. So that's a great point of as coaches, we can call that to their attention and help them realize that's a strength of theirs. Yeah. And I don't want to go down a tangent because this may be another episode for another day. There is so much power in what you just referenced. I mean, I, I've shared this story before that one day I invited Mano Watsa, the president of PGC basketball onto one of my lead them up calls. Yeah. And, I remember you told me that afterwards. Yeah. And I asked him just to critique what I did and, and just give me a full evaluation, a performance review and things of that nature. I just simply wanted his insight and it was transformational. And what I found to be almost the most transformational component of his evaluation was simply the two or three things that he acknowledged that I did and how he praised it and illustrated it and like spoke about how like good it was that I admit I kind of do it and I don't even think about it. Like, like it's just kind of like habit and I just kind of do it. Right. Like subconsciously of sorts. Just second nature for you. Just second nature. And I don't really think about it. He brought it to my attention. And now, oh, it's a strength of mine. Now I make a point to like, I do it every time. Or maybe yeah. I did it before, but maybe there'd be times I did it. Maybe just relax because I wasn't really thinking about it as being that significant in a grand scheme of things. He He elevated its significance to me. Right. And I actually, and that, that, that phrasing just came to me just now, right? Like, I think when you celebrate those moments and address those, you're, you're elevating its significance. Right. Yeah. And, We're going to have to think, do a whole episode on that. You're, there's so, so much power to that. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of players recognize the significance of it, but if you praise it, then they, they recognize this was significant. So Mono changed me on like three things, three things I now do every time I talk, every time I host sessions, without a doubt, I do these things. I used to do them, but it was second nature. Now I do it because it's significant and it was brought to my attention. And, and I think it's helped me. Mm -hmm. so, part of your identity. Yeah, part of the identities. But nonetheless, coaches, as we were going through, I, I hope today's episode really calls you to maybe pause at times and, and maybe evaluate your current roster of players and recognize, like, are some of the players leading for you differently than you've seen them lead in other teams and other programs? And 
And don't get frustrated with that and be like, why aren't they bringing that for me? Why aren't they showing up that way for me? They recognize there's a reality of a setting change. The environment is different. Their role is different. What's being asked of them is different. You got to help bring out from them what others have been able to kind of generate. And it isn't because that coach was more inspiring sometimes than you. It's not about that. It's about the circumstances. In many cases, we're just different there than they are here. Their role is different there than it is here. There's other factors, and we've got to address it to help bring out the best in those that are leading within our team. So, Kyle, appreciate you. Appreciate you as always. Listen, I am Adam. He is Kyle. On behalf of the entire Lead Em Up team, have fun. Lead Em Up. <laughs>